Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Hello and welcome along to this week's Rugby Pod. I'm Andy Rowan, as usual. I'm joined by Big Jim and Goody. We've had a week off to recharge the batteries, but we're back and ready to get stuck into all the action from the opening June test uh, and look ahead to the second test this weekend as well. Thanks again to Budgie Smuggler, who are helping us to bring you the pod in June. They've got an awesome competition going on at the moment to find the UK's most ordinary rig. There's three trips to Oz to be won, and all you need to do is send a picture of your bang ordinary rig into Budgie Smugglers with a chance to win. Uh, and go to budgiesmuggleruk.com to find all the details. Uh, some of the entrants on social media are absolutely gold at the moment, uh, but they are still on the hunt, so go and check it out and get an entry in. And a special shout-out to Ollie Aitkins 5 for his effort. Also, uh, the women's range, Smuglets, is just out. And there's been some people sending in couples photos, uh, and it's just littered with uh, guys punching above their weight. So uh, check that out on Instagram, uh, hashtag couple smuggling. Get it? Couple smuggling? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I've seen them. Some There's some horrendous rigs on there that yeah. aren't even ordinary. Is there? There is, yeah. You need to go on there. Hashtag ordinary rig. Right, I'll have a look. You type that into your search engine. Or hashtag couple smuggling. Yeah, I've not seen the couple smuggling uh, yet. We'll have a look at that I'll in a minute. That. Did you send in a couple smuggling from Dubai? Good? No, I didn't. It wouldn't be fair. Matt, how are you anyway? Your ankle's fucked oh, as mate, well. Off, Ankle, off, knee, off, your ankle. Uh, well, well, holiday last week, which was great. Yeah, where'd you go? Uh, Dubai. Of course. Uh, First class flights to see back, or was it business or what? Uh, Club World, BA. They Paid were amazing. For? They were amazing. Paid for or not? Well, the fucking twins are on beds. Yeah, they were. Mate, that's not reality, though. It is reality. <laughs> it's not. BA went above and beyond. They moved a few people around, so we had four seats, and we just, they've, Lay out on their beds, went to sleep. Mate, for 10 grand, for 10 grand, Perfect you want to the pilot was shaking them to sleep. <laughs> Mate, do you know just, just to let you know, as a parent, you don't shake babies to sleep. Oh, do you not? Well, <laughs> <laughs> just when they're, I wonder why they're screaming the whole time. Um, so, so, yeah, no, great time. Come back from holiday on Sunday, went in for an operation on Monday on the ankle. What did they do? Bit of a clear out. I was a bit gutted, actually. Not literally, they didn't gut you, know? No, they didn't gut me, no, but this is the thing. So they've gone in, they've said, right, well, you know, clear out your ankle, you've got some bone fragments in there, you've got some cartilage that we need to clear up and all this stuff, and uh, we're going to go into your hip and take some stem cells from your bone marrow okay, I've to put into the, uh, into the joint and stuff to try and regenerate it. And I was like, well, if you're sticking a needle in there, just... <laughs> bit of lipo, will be fine, oh, just do that at the same time. Mate. It'd be like I woke a, up, an I, was like, I was in agony on my hip, thinking, yeah, they've gone for it, look down. Nothing. You couldn't no. see. You know, couldn't see no. your release still. <laughs> um, if they said it's a rugby injury, or is it a compression injury from carrying too much weight? So um, because now you've had your knee done. So I've, I've not had any operations since I retired. Well, but... this is the thing, and, and this is a big point actually. Yeah. So you retire from playing rugby, and yeah. once your contract ends, unless you've got a clear cut injury that makes you retire, you don't have any care afterwards, do you? But this is the thing. Yeah. As an ex-player, you know, you get a year down the line, two years down, you've still got issues with what's happened in your career. So. Bad knees, ankles, shoulders, whatever. But then you look around, you've got, you've got, you're, you're bareback. No you're, on your, you. you're on your own, mate. So I've had my ankle done. I've got a knee operation next Monday as well. And is it? Is it, I'm genuinely asking. Is this because of the weight gain? It's nothing to do with the weight mate, gain. Surely, <laughs> mate, surely <laughs> it has. Five hundred games of professional rugby, Jim. That's okay, what right. Well, that's fine. You, well, you keep saying that, but surely that's going to add to it, no? Possibly. Add to the inflammation, Possibly. right? Possibly. Just, 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 just ask the question. I'm anti-inflammatories, but it's not working. I'm sure you are. I am, but it's not <laughs> I'm working. I'm sure you are. <laughs> Jim, you're back on social media. Yeah, okay, mate. It's popular wow, the demand. wait's over. Mate, the wait is over. Wait, 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 when you say popular demand, if you're off social media, how do you know there's popular demand? People in the street. People in the street, mate. <laughs> it's full of shit, People Jim. in the street everywhere, mate. You didn't come off it. I did. You just kept watching, but you, you held back from... I got caught out liking a couple of things. Making comments and stuff like yeah. that. It, mate, it's like... Um... You, again, you're not true to yourself. You're not true to your own words. What? So you said you're coming off social media for a few months. To reinvent to... myself on that. It wasn't even a month, mate. But it was a month. It wasn't even a month. Okay, well, I've reinvented myself, <laughs> and I look fucking great. <laughs> so um, what have you actually done to reinvent yourself? Like, What's changed? What's um, new? I've moved house. So I've I've moved across the border now, so I'm I'm fully properly Scottish now. So you're living in Scotland for Edinburgh now, yeah, for a bit. Living in Edinburgh, yeah. Why not, mate? The world's just so accessible now and easy. Mm. You know, so you got to know your kids' names now. You've moved yeah. in together, and oh, mate, here's one for you. So you know, you get the guilt trip, don't you? Like I'm obviously away a lot with work, and I'm living this high life, dream, Miss, dream life. Miss is obviously at home with the four kids, machine. I think her name's Beck. I think her name's Beck, and uh, my wife. <laughs> Give, giving her three days off. Giving her three or four days off. You're giving her three days off? Yeah, she's going to Greece. She's going to Mykonos with her sister. Is she? I've got the four kids absolutely fucked. Well, you've done it already? No, she's going next week. Oh, right, okay. Because you, you, you put something on social media last week, Daddy Daycare, didn't you? I was just showing people... One, what, kid, what... one kid hanging out the window, one kid crying <laughs> on the floor. 
<laughs> feral. Feral when I look after them. Yeah. So she she owes me. So them four days away for her. It's gold. Is, yeah, it's basically... That's a nice, nice thing to do, though. Yeah, it's gold for me, mate. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. There's something in it for me. Well, obviously, you, yeah. know, you can always remind her, you went to Greece for four days, I'm going to Vegas. Yeah, stag do, goody stag do. <laughs> uh, tell you what was interesting, though, flying back from Dubai, and Jim hammers me about putting weight on post-career. Two seats away from me, an ex-sportsman, who I have never seen anyone put on the weight that he has put on, made me feel very good about myself. Right, let me guess, what sport? Uh, boxing. Oh. Ricky Hatton? Nope. He's worked, like Ricky Hatton has pumped loads of weight on, but this guy, he was a legend. Really? He was an absolute. So I'm going to know who he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Frank yeah. Bruno? No. Kawasaki? No. Mate, yeah. just tell us. Prince Nazim, you bastard. Oh my days. Prince Nazim Hamed has put on, there's, there's four of him. Mate, he's massive. Wow. Really? Like he's he had massive. his shorts on, belly hanging out the lot. Oh, God. We'll take a look at back at last weekend's action shortly. Uh, but first, uh, we've got a very special guest on the line. We thought he'd retired, uh, but it was all a smokescreen, and he's an international again. Scott Bricks is on the line. Thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, it's a point of retirement on all the rugby, I guess. It, it was, mate. Was this always going to happen, mate? Who, who knows with you? Are you retired now or not? <laughs> it was a big send-off. Uh, <laughs> um, Jim, I'm still retired. I'm, I'll probably just uh, hopefully play... Um, uh, next week or this weekend, uh, but except that uh, the plan is still then to retire after after these two weeks. I just couldn't say no to this opportunity, Jim. Yeah, I understand that, mate. You know, I've come out of retirement for a load of cash as well, uh, to be honest, Scanner. And um, <laughs> is, is, it, know, is it twenty-five grand a game for South <laughs> Africa or not? <laughs> well, Goody, as you know, the, uh, the rent isn't very strong, so it's definitely not for money. <laughs> um, if I played for England, yes, then it's 25k, but in Rand, it's like probably 10 pounds they're going to pay. Yeah, £3.50 in a bag of chips, but that's happy days. Um, obviously, <laughs> mate, obviously the fact that you've come out of retirement, and you know, I think it's a great thing for Erasmus to do to bring your experience into the squad, not only just for these couple of games against England, but to help learn as well. Is there a role there? Is this completely out of the blue, or is there a role there? potentially mentoring now you're looking at retiring are you going to get a super rugby contract is it maybe playing the 2019 world cup it's just, just, just tell us what just you're be doing honest, mate. okay currently the plan is just outside on the short term um and give them a bit of insight in front of the england team and the way they play trying to help up the structures and currently it's just for those two weeks the plan is still to go study in september but working in august and in the city so it's, it's this game is a massive surprise guys so it's, it's I haven't thought anything further than the next two weeks. Uh, Scholar, what, what do you mean help the South Africa team tell, tell them about England? Mate, they absolutely smashed them at the weekend. <laughs> they don't need to know anything. Does it feel a little bit weird talking about, obviously your teammates for the last few years have been the, the Saracens boys. Uh, do you think they'd be yeah. a bit pissed off with it or not? Do you feel a bit weird doing it? Or is all your allegiance with the motherland of South Africa? Um, listen, they've always been my friends and they'll always say my friends, Jim. Like you will say my friend. Um, Thank you, mate. I love you. For the next two... For the next two weeks, it's the focus on beating not my teammates, but but England in itself. So how we can technically play a bit better. And the, the spirit of the Sumac team was fantastic last weekend, but but we were behind 24-3 and they exposed our defence. So it's how we can tighten that up and uh, improve on that. There's always places to improve, and uh, that's the focus currently. And obviously, um, getting the call, you said it was out of the blue completely. Uh, is it true that you were sipping tequila in Ibiza when they, you got the call? Or, and how did it happen? It was actually a text message. I was sipping on the on the fourth floor of our apartment, myself and my wife, and the kids are sleeping, and we, we were sipping mojitos. <laughs> I bet she hate, I, I bet the... she's hating you. <laughs> well, yeah, she got three kids to look after Jim. So, I mean, I thought it was first a practical joke. Uh, someone was teasing me to find out if I really want to retire. And then after, like, three or four text messages, I, I told Kalina someone's definitely teasing me, and then I text uh, a business Koch to send Grassy's number through. And then uh, <laughs> uh, the two numbers flashed, and I couldn't believe... Uh, what I was seeing on the text messages. You mentioned before that you were being brought in to um, give some intel on the England team. What sort of intel do you have? Well, I think just the way they play is, is quite different to the Southern Hemisphere. It's a bit more structured, uh, a bit of information on, on the players itself. But in general, it's just patterns. What kind of patterns do, do they play? Uh, how do they block? How can we put pressure on the kickers? And all kinds of different facets of the game. So it's... Um, even if I can help one percent, it's still improvement. What kind of patterns do England have that are so different to the Southern Hemisphere? <laughs> he wants to know, mate. He's, he wants the inside knowledge. Okay, well, well 
first of all, the way they run, they run the we call it forces of storms back and uh, shows, but they run that a lot tighter. Four out the back. Yeah, yeah. So uh, in the southern hemisphere, they run it a bit wider. They place three in the pod. Where England place two in the pod. Uh, uh, it's a it's a bit different structure and where they kick and how they attack. Uh, when you when you spoke earlier about maybe not playing this weekend, but possibly in Cape Town. The weekend after, um, is that when everything's on the line and England are clawed it back to one all, so they need Scala to win the series, or is that when South Africa have won the series two 0 and you're just there for a swan song? Um, I don't, hopefully, we can finish it off this weekend, Kitty. Uh, the focus is not to give England any kind of snuff. Uh, if we beat the, the boys this weekend, then that would be fantastic. Then the test series is wrapped up, and we can experiment on the last test match. If not, then it's, it's all to play for in New Zealand. And Scala, in terms of your influence, we know. You're a dazzling player on the pitch. We've all seen it. I've obviously played with you and, and watched you the majority of the yeah. time. What kind of advice do you give to the guys? I mean, because if I'm there with the South African part, I'm just saying bend over and push. Now, that was the worst yeah. part of, of the game that you didn't enjoy. So what kind of advice are you, are you giving these lads? I mean, are you saying to drink with your left hand, drink with your right hand? You know, that's a buffalo. <laughs> what cigars do you like? You know, um, Actually, Jim, you know, I'm quite laid back. Rugby's only a small part of our lives. So I'm just trying to be bring a bit of uh, humour to the side. It's uh, just a bit of better. Mate, that's uh, what I'm trying. Rugby. Mate, that's why I'm surprised Scotland have not taken me. I'm all about that, mate. <laughs> well, no, the difference is, the difference is, Jim, you are a joke. Scala's bringing the jokes. You are a joke, Jim. Oh, uh, exactly. Um, Scala, where are you now? So you're in a car. You've got you got a day off. Who are you in the car with? We uh, with all the boys. Uh, the non well, the, uh, well. Who? 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 I'm not saying, and then we are on our way to Valco, uh, doing some coaching clinics and visiting some schools, so giving back to the community. Oh, that's a lovely touch. And obviously, looking back at the game, um, it was a pivotal moment in South African rugby history with Kolisi captain the team. How great was that from uh, a country perspective, but purely a rugby perspective as well at Ellis Park and the atmosphere that that brought with it? Uh, I've experienced it in 95 when we won the World Cup. It's unbelievable what passion people have for sport in South Africa. Especially right in there. It's, uh, gee, I can't explain the, the, how it can unify our country. Even going out as a supporter on Saturday night and sipping some beers, it was amazing to see the, uh, the joy, the happiness, and especially coming down from 24 3 when I was sitting in the stand and everyone was with their heads in their hands and then to have this massive turnaround. Um, it, it means so much. And then Sia being captain as well. It's, it's great to see all, all types of people supporting the Springboks, irrelevant of, of, of race or financial income or anything. Everyone was behind the box. Yeah, Skull, I was going to say, mate, that's awesome. We're going to let you go. But can you just make sure that you say hello to Victor and Backis for me and Francois and Brian as well if you see them in South Africa? Just tell them I was asking for them, mate. <laughs> they don't know who you are, Jim. They have no idea who you are. And I'll, I'll definitely ask them, the guy that bullied for about 10 years, they'll probably remember you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll let you get back to it. Good luck uh, for this weekend and uh, enjoy your car ride off to the um, help out the rest of the community. Okay, thanks, guys. Have a good day. Cheers, oh, South Africa. Cheers, no, cheers mate. What, you what, Jim? What? Come on, South Africa. You can't say that. You're English. Mate, he's come back a good now. bloke. Oh, mate, well, we know we know he's a good bloke. I, I, I mean, I, I mean, he's 37. He's fit as a fiddle, though. He, he's still... Yeah, you, you got to the end of your career watching from the sidelines. I was fucked. Yeah, you know, I retired and then came out and was struggling, you know, belly hanging. How, how old were you when you retired? 36. Stone. 31. Yeah, something like that, yeah. <laughs> But then other players, you know, retire and he looks fresh as a daisy. Yeah, he's just he na- could crack he's on naturally... And, and carry on. He's fit as a fiddle. He's good looking. He's explosive. He's everything that we are not, Jim. Yeah, squirrel. Uh, is he? Yeah, he's a massive squirrel, bush as well. Yeah. Um, it's a great story, isn't it? And you, you hope he gets a swan song. I don't know. I, I think there's more to it than that. If you do it once and you're in good shape, like he is, plays a bit of curry cup there, maybe stirs that buzz. Oh, I don't know. World I Cup. Know. World Cup's only just over a year away, isn't it? Mate, it's all come a bit too late. How has he not got under caps? Yeah. Um, but I love Erasmus bringing back players that you know South Africa needed it they mm. were dipping dangerously weren't they for you know for a top top nation with the quality of players that they've got playing all over the world they needed some big stars back and they've got them uh, he's obviously called in Scala Faf de Klerk uh, from England Vili LaRue as well I mean what an impact Mate, he is no had. more Willy LaRue is he yeah, well, that, well that's what you called him you're a horrible Mate, player you Jim. said you said we saw <laughs> this guy on a 500 grand and he's poo and I said who when is have it I ever said that? and then Willy LaRue when have I ever I said that just, you're lying Jim you, you said it <laughs> you said it and he's dominated Big turnaround. England-South Africa game. What did you guys make of that? Wow, what a game. Hectic. It was a mental game, wasn't it? Yeah. All this thing about altitude. Um, I've played in altitude, and it hits you after 20 minutes. England were on fire that first 20 minutes. 
Safka all over the place defensively, but 100% altitude's had a massive yeah, effect. What actually happens? Yeah. What actually happens to your body? Like, how do you feel? Like, what, what, what goes on? Well, it's, it's like you've been hit by a wall of, like, in your chest. You've just got no, you, you, you can't suck in any air at all. Yeah. It's, just it's like, like you can taste blood yeah, coming it's like out of your, your throat because your lungs are burning. Obviously, you can't intake the oxygen. You can't suck in the big ones. Yeah. So the lactate consumes your body. Lact- you start lactating. What? You, can't, you start lactating. <laughs> <laughs> Milky tits. Lactosin. Lactosin. Um, Lactic yeah. acid. Yeah. That, that stuff that makes your legs burn. And does it, does it pass or is it like once you get there, unless you stop and rest, you're. Yeah, you, you, you've got to be climatised to doing it, haven't you? Like, you hear about these athletes going altitude training and then coming back down and they're better for it. You can't be expected to not be at altitude training and go there and perform, which ultimately you need to be able to perform 100% for a test match. Yeah. And that's what's been expected of them. And Jamie George talked about it, didn't he? Yeah. And then Paul Gustard's come out and said, no, it wasn't even a factor. No one's even mentioned it. I'm like... Yeah, he's backing up the Cowboy. Um, a load of mixed messages coming out of that England squad yeah. because I've got no doubt you, know, you look at the game, they, they went behind at half-time, then they went further behind, then they get themselves back in with a chance, and it hits them again. Uh, but you've got experienced players making individual errors that they don't make it anywhere else in the world. England go 24-3 up against South Africa, they don't lose that game. I generally believe it's purely the altitude, and you know players that have played in altitude a lot compared to players that haven't know how to handle it. And, you know, Villy LaRue and Faf de Klerk were... Head and shoulders above any other player on that field yeah. uh, at bringing Safka back into the game. And, you know, England looked dead on their feet after 20 minutes. Yeah, once South Africa got a sniff as well, like the they started they changing their game. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Mate, they, like they started sending physical ball carriers down. Unfortunately, I'm going to say it down Ford's channel. They were making yard upon yards and they're on the back foot. Discipline. Marrow's discipline was poor. Uh, Mako on his 50th, you know, he's, a, he's an amazing player, but his discipline was poor. And it's again, it's easy to talk about it cause, and, and watch it. You know, when you're in it, it's more difficult. But, um, you know, South Africa got the got the win behind them and they, they found a way to win. And they brought on a bench, decimated the scrum. You know, Sinclair was basically had his head, head shoved up his ass, <laughs> you know, by the ginger assassin. And I, I was actually, I was speaking to George Cruz today. I was like, mate, what? the fuck's going on? He just sent me an emoji like laughing. I was like, what? He's like, oh, you think after four games or whatever or five games or whatever it is that we're a bad team? I was like, well, no, I'm just asking you what. Oh, he was laughing at England's performance? No, he was laughing oh, at me. Judas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he was laughing at the fact that, I, that everyone's questioning it, that I'm questioning it. But, mate, you have to question it. Of course you but do. I didn't recognise half of that South Africa team. Mate, looking at that team yeah. and looking at England's team. Oh, yeah, on paper, England should win that. That's what I mean. So yeah. that's, that's, that's my point. But England would have learnt a lot from it. And they weren't far off, were they? No. And, and that's the thing. England haven't, in, in all the games they've lost, they haven't been far off, but they haven't performed well since... I'm trying to think of a game we play well in. Well, this is the, and this is the point. I didn't say to Cruz, I weren't like, mate, well, me and Goody have been saying England have been playing shit for a, a lot longer than that. But, but they have, it, it, it doesn't seem happy there, does it? Let's be honest, it doesn't. Everything around Eddie Jones, everything's all about him, isn't it? After the game, there was more dramas and something mm. with, the, with the fans and... It just didn't sit right with me. You don't hear any of this stuff about Joe Smith no. or Hanson or anything or Gregor Townsend, Gatland, any other national coach. Yeah. Checker maybe a little bit yeah. in Australia, but you know something's, in my opinion, not right. To be fair with, with Eddie Jones, he does, he plays the press game. You know, when you're winning, you know, and you're playing the press game and you're saying things and you change it and you're smiling, that's easy. But when you're losing, you've got to expect it coming back at you a bit and you've got to expect serious questions to be asked. And they are being asked. And he's getting riled by tough questions being asked about him. The defence, you know, 15 months out from a World Cup. And we haven't got a defence coach now because Paul Gustard's going, but our defence over the last couple of games has been pretty poor. And then the attack coach, Wise Mantle's come in and, you know, he's only for this tour. Is he a long-term option as well? Uh, we attack pretty well at times. George Ford in the, and credit where it's due, first 20 minutes on the front foot, he was quality with we've, Farrell. We've always said that. Yeah. Mate, there's no doubt in that. Yeah. But that you're not going to be on the front foot, are you? If you're England and you're playing, let's say, you know, Ireland, a good Australia team, a South Africa team, New Zealand mm. in the semis and the finals, mate, you're not, you're not going to be no, on the front right. foot all the time. Yeah. No, this, you're right. This is it. So, this you know, Freddie Jones has big decisions to be made. And, you know, the big, he, he took Izikwi off after 35 minutes. And if you watch back, at the time, I'd have probably thought, watching the game live, why is he taking Izikwi off? Yeah. But then you watch it back on a replay, knowing he's done it, and you can see he did make a couple of errors just before. So Eddie Jones was just ruthless and went, I'm young taking lad, him off. Young lad, he's yeah. off. But he did it to Luther Borelli, did it to Harrison. 
And yeah, um, Harrison came off and did he come off in the first half? Yeah. And Luther Burrell did. Yeah. Well, watching it live, you're probably thinking that's really harsh. But then when you're when you go back in it and watch, he made a couple of errors. But then to bring Brad Shields on in the second in the row. second row, and it's just not the knock on effect of right, we needed more energy around the park. Go back to the very last play of the game when England have got a penalty, they've kicked a touch, and we're three points down, and we are forty meters from South Africa's line. Yeah. Rob Shaw goes up at two. Yeah. And we lose the line out, and Jim will know more about this than me. But you put Brad Shields in at second row, where Marrow's calling the line outs, who's obviously not had his best game, but no. our line out was a bit wobbly. You've got Luke Cowan Dickey on the field, who's a change. You've got so many new combinations there. And then you've got Rob Shaw jumping at two. You've got Nathan Hughes on the pitch as well. Yeah, exactly. So who's right. not a line out option? Billy's not a line out option. So you're then left with a second row in Marrow, calling everything, running everything. Rob Shaw and Brad Shields in a line-out. That, Who's been doing the lines for a week yeah. as well. Yeah. It's that knock-on effect of Eddie Jones' decision to A, not have a second row on the bench, B, play Brad Shields completely out and of they, And they wonder why the scrum's getting hosed yeah. as well. Yeah. And you can't underestimate you know, the power of the second rows in that position. And you know the, the scrum in games like that, uh, in, the big, in the big games, in the games against South Africa, in the line-out and the set-piece, them key moments, they're everything, aren't they? You know, if you're in a tight match and you you lose a line out like that for whatever reason, you know the guy who went up against Rubshop was you know six foot nine, six foot ten. Yeah, how good was he? Yeah, I mean, how good was Snayman? How good was Snayman? Uh, and you talk Snayman. about you talk about him running and and being physical. He put the guy in for the try in the corner, didn't he? Did you see the breaking made out of his own twenty two? Oh yeah. You ever seen a second row run like that, Jim? Mm. <laughs> but mm. did you see what George Ford did when he ran at him? You're, he tried to touch him with two hands. He, he ran out of the way, yeah, pretty much. Underlander, <laughs> Eddie Mate. Brad Shields is a six. Pick him at six ahead of Chris Robshaw. You know, I, I've given Robshaw some harsh criticism on here, and and rightly so, because he's not performing well. So pick Brad Shields at six. You want more dynamism. Robshaw doesn't offer any dynamism for me. He works hard, yes, and he's come back from the 20, disappointment of 2015, and he's done well, but you need more than that in Test Rugby now. Yeah, um, and people say I'm harsh on it, but he's not got the carrying ability. Like you him. look at the decisive two plays towards the end of the game. One was the line out, and that was Eddie Jones's issue because he's taken a second row off, and, and Rob Shaw's gone up at the front of the line out, lost the line out. Well, that's not his fault. That's more collectively. But just previously to that, when we were seven points down, we were playing out of our twenty-two. We made a half break. Rob Shaw has come in to support a breakdown. He's picked and gone on his own. And Kitsoff's tackled him, turned him over, and he's got no support around him. That's, you know, he didn't, he's not destructive in what he does. And that penalty then put South Africa 10 points up, and that was the game won there and then. Uh, and I'm not saying that's why we lost the game, but you have to well, look no, at the impacts you, of players. Yeah, you're backing up, you're backing up what you're saying, but yeah. you're right in what you're saying. Yeah. And unfortunately, it is harsh, and it's a harsh assessment, but, you know, that's what we're there to do now. Yeah. You know, we're there to, to speak about it, frankly, and you're right. Yeah. Shields is a six. Yeah. Mate, he's not a, he's not a four slash five like this Australian crap that Eddie Jones is coming out with. Mate, it's easier to tra- transition an athletic second row into the back row. So Courtney, mm. Marrow, and Nick and, and Azikway, like mm. looking at these guys. Transferring from a six, if you're an out and out six into a second row, it's um it's a lot more difficult. Well, we've got a man on the line who knows a thing or two about uh, historic moments at Ellis Park, and it was another historic moment over the weekend. It's the man who I remember all too uh, vividly kicking the Springboks uh, drop goal in the 1995 World Cup. Joel Stransky, thank you very much for joining us. Pleasure, guys. Nice to nice to be on the chat. How are you, mate? And what did you what did you think of uh, the the game on the weekend? Yeah, so so you know I've just been listening to you guys, and um, and obviously you would have a much more of an English sort of point of view. For us as South Africans, we would maybe see things a little differently. You know, we got off to a horrendous start. Our defensive pattern was non-existent. We got skinned on the outside. And, and once we managed to get hands on the ball and look after the ball a little bit and get through the phases, we, we built some good pressure, scored some good points and showed them some real courage and uh, tenacity in terms of coming back and winning a game that you know may, may well have, have been a big score against us had we not scored at one or two opportune times and managed to get the ball. So we were we were pretty excited. It was, uh, it was one of those days for us in South Africans that was maybe a little bit more than just a game of rugby. It was, it was a historic occasion. There was some, um, you know, there was there was a, a new sort of rugby culture being uh, or coming to the fore. And, and, and at the end of the day, we probably look at the result and go, you know, the end result was, was magnificent for us as a country, for us as a rugby supporter base. But we probably haven't nitpicked into 
you know, what went wrong in that first 20 minutes and, and you know, what we still need to do in, the, in, in this week to, to improve and make sure we don't lose on the weekend. Altogether, all though, we, we, we're pretty happy right now, I guess. I can imagine you are, Strani. Um, just how special was the atmosphere with Kolisi leading the team out? Um, and just put into context for us how big a moment that was for South African rugby to have the first ever Black Springbok Test captain. Yeah, so, so it's enormous, you know. So, so we are we are still as much as we like to think we're a you know a first world country. We're still very much a country that is evolving, that is elements of uncertainty, that is divided by race and culture, and and something like that brings to rugby a, a you know an old Afrikaner white sport. It brings a new supporter base. It brings people together. It brings government support. It, you know, it, it makes sponsors want to be more involved in the game. Um, so so it is big and it is historic. But probably for me the most Incredible factor is Sierra himself. You know, he is not someone who is picked a Springbok captain as a political move. He thoroughly deserves to be there. He is he's an unbelievable player to start with. He certainly is, you know, one of the best police forwards in this country. But most importantly, he's a great leader and he's the most sensational human being. He he comes from a really, you know, tough background. He comes from a background where he was raised by his grand um in, in a rural township. He is to achieve what he has achieved. Um, with his background, you know, and to, to be where he is in life is just the greatest example for all of us in the world, let alone for us as South Africans. And, and just from that perspective alone, it, it was a momentous day. It was a huge day for us. And uh, it, it honestly it couldn't have happened to another guy that, that he is the guy to lead us into this new era. And obviously comparing that to going back to 95 and the iconic pictures of Nelson Mandela wearing the sixth jersey, you were part of that team. Um, that was a momentous occasion as well. This is on a parallel with that? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and, 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 and I suppose when you compare the, the period of uncertainty, it was, it was maybe more on an ice edge back in 1995, where, where right now it's more an, an underlying type of uncertainty and, and here we are in, in South Africans. We're in the balance right now around um, ANC and and Julius Malima, and there's been a political drama and corruption and crime. And so, so for us, it was an opportunity to, instead of divide a country around race, it was a chance to unite the country once again. And, 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 and that euphoria and that honeymoon from 1995 faded quite quickly. Um, but this was another opportunity to, you know, to, to use sport once again as a conduit to, to, you know, take a bunch of culturally divided people and get them supporting a, a rugby team. It was a massive day, massive day. And, and, and guys, it couldn't have gone off better, to be quite frank. Well, Joel, that's what I was going to ask, mate. It was, it was an amazing game to watch as well. And, you know, we saw the, the atmosphere leading up and then South Africa actually uh, struggled in the first 20 minutes. What did you make of the game? Uh, the first 20 minutes, obviously, England went well in front. Do you think altitude played a big part? There's a lot of people talking about that and, and that's why England ultimately lost the game that people are th- saying. Yes, yeah, so I think the altitude becomes a factor in the last 20 minutes, not you know, not in the second 20 minutes. So I'm not sure the altitude is a huge factor. It's always a risk when you choose to stay in Durban and come up like, like, like England did, like Eddie chose to do. There's no, there's no perfect scenario. If you chat to the scientists, you need to be in or at altitude two weeks in advance, or you need to come up really late. So, England chose to come up late. Um, I don't think there's a, you know, there's a perfect answer to the altitude issue. For, for the South Africans, we may be just a little more used to it because the guys who live and play at the coast come up every second or third week and, and, and experience it maybe a little bit more. I, I thought England started really well. You know, they had all the ball in that first 17 minutes. They scored a few great tries. They got off to a flyer. And I thought what happened next was South Africa, all those little, all those youngsters, those new caps, those young caps, um, they, 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 they just found a way to knuckle down and get their hands on the ball and stop the defensive woes from being an issue. And by looking after the ball, they stopped it. And then they slowly edged their way back into the game. They built on their confidence levels. And you guys know you having played the game at the highest level. It's um, So much of this game is, is played in the mind. It's about belief. It's about confidence. And, and, and I think in that period... They just managed to find a little bit of composure and a little bit of self-belief and they scored a really important try or two and, and edged their way back in. And then right on the brink of half-time, I think what would have given them great confidence was the fact that Owen Farrell chose to kick that penalty at goal instead of maybe going for the seven-pointer down in that left-hand corner. And I think South Africa would have looked at that and gone, boys, if they're kicking their goals now, they're worried. This is, you know, we're on the right track. And uh, I think we came out in the second half and carried on where we left off. And it wasn't perfect. You know, they were... There were issues and defence is obviously a worry and no doubt they'll be working hard on that team. But certainly to see a very young, inexperienced team stand up and come back in the way they did was, was 
absolutely incredible. And can you see them backing that up, Joel? I know you mentioned um, in the press that you think it will be a 2-1 series to South Africa. Do you think this weekend the boys can back it up for South Africa or do you think it, it, England could take this one? No, so I think we'll back it up. I think um, if you if you weigh in all the factors, England are back in Durban, so they're going to come up to Bloemfontein late again. That last 20 minutes is going to be an altitude battle once again. Um, they're at the end of a long season. Um, not all of the players, but a lot of the players, you know, will be fatigued and 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 and, and, and battling, I suppose, um, to come back from a, a, a loss where where England will absolutely and undoubtedly believe they should have won that game. Um, I, and I think South Africa will just be growing in self-esteem and self-belief, and and this young side will have taken an, an enormous mental kudos from it. So I do think. You know, at altitude again, South Africa will understand the conditions. They'll look at, you know, what went wrong in that first 20. They'll work on that and then they'll build on, on, on what was good for the next 60 minutes. And then just going away from the game back into the TV studios, obviously um, coming out of South Africa, there's the issue on Supersport with what happened with Ashwin, Willemser and um, Nas Botha and, and Nick Mallet. Now, um, I know you're involved with the TV stuff, so it's, it's pretty difficult to talk about it. But you talk about... Uh, dividing the country with certain comments which seems to have happened from that TV side uh, and then binding a country with uh, sort of Coalisi being captain and deservedly so. Where do you stand and what's happening with this TV sport, the super sport stuff? Yeah, so it's, it's difficult for me because I, you know, I have a contract with super sport and two men right on weekends and commentate and spend all those time in studio. I think, um, I, I think you know, by, by all accounts and what's been reported in the media, so I'm not saying anything that's that's not been out there. It does seem that Ashwin had an agenda and that, that quite possibly there's a view that, um, that, that maybe even he had this whole thing pre-planned and it's a potential move into politics. What, what for me is disappointing is that when you, you make a racial allegation <clears throat> that, um, that is clearly going to cause trouble and divide an already divided nation, you need to then back it up and then go through the process that, that you've insisted on happening. The fact that he never pitched for, um, that part of the process, you know, last week was very disappointing, and it means the whole process has been delayed. I, I just can't help feeling that Supersport made a finding, you know, from the internal committee that there was there was nothing racial about the fallout, that it was a misunderstanding and a clash of personalities, um, and that and that happens, you know, it happens. The fact that it, we as South Africans used it to very quickly, you know, become even further divided was was very disappointing. For um, for all of us, and uh, and hopefully hopefully it just gets sorted out as quickly as possible. And the, and 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 I'll say it sort of tongue in cheek, but that the Sia Kalisi good feel, great vibe, nation building spirit <clears throat> becomes the the overriding rugby factor that we <clears throat> that we live to and talk about in the next while. Yeah, something more lighthearted. Then we'll get onto it. Um, you obviously played with Goody or trained with Goody closely back in the glory days. I don't know if you've seen him recently, yeah. but he looks a completely different man. He's got a full head of hair and um, <laughs> he's put on twenty stone. Have you got any memories of, of playing and training with Goody? I've got great memories of playing and training with Goody, and I'm delighted to see he's done something about that balding approach. Yeah, <laughs> Strani, I can help you um, out as well, mate. <laughs> so, Goody, I've chosen to cut mine short, but not. I'm not. I'm not nearly as bald as you, mate. I'm going to. You know, if I did get there, I'd consider the Shane Warne, Jock Callis, Andy Good approach, but but not just yet. <laughs> but uh, but certainly great memories, and uh, I mean I felt very um, very proud to have been you know a small part of Giddy's life and his career, and to, see, to have seen what he achieved was uh, as a player and as a person is, is fantastic. And I look forward to catching up with you, Giddy. And I'm not sure if you coming out here at all. You certainly you certainly should pop up for us. The third test and have a weekend in Cape Town will be great to catch. No, that'd be lovely. It'd be very nice. Thanks, Johnny, mate. You were a big part. I remember, I think you slipped over at West Hartlepool uh, just as we were walking out and Dean was worrying because I was eating sweets in the changing room. I was on the bench. Johnny was starting. <laughs> He's, and I, everyone was just praying that Johnny was okay and he was and I got him for five minutes at the end. But uh, no, he was, Johnny was a great coach of mine. Um, helped me along the way. And uh, yeah, thanks, mate. Appreciate the words. No, any pleasure. In fact, that game at West Hartlepool, really, you'll be interested to know this is the only time in my whole career I got yellow carded. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, mate. Nothing wrong with that. I look forward to coming to your house in Cape Town, Joel. Thanks for the invite, mate. You've got all my details. If you come out here, you can stay with us and, and we'll have a proper chat. Oh, thanks Cheers, very much, mate. Good Cheers. Man. Thanks very much for joining us, all Joel. Right, guys. Take care, Eric. Cheers. See Cheers, you. Jim, oh, mate, mate, South mate. African legend invited me around his house. He didn't even know you. <laughs> Another one. He was inviting you, mate. He was mate, inviting he just me. Did. He just said. He, he coached me. He's going to get my details. 98, straight out of school, fresh, fresh as a daisy. And he was, it was the days of actually... And you look at it now, it was my first year at Leicester, 98. He was the player coach, fly half, star, signing, etc. But then there was no one underneath because it was the days when you didn't rotate your team. 
you just play the same team week in, week out. You go until you can't go anymore. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Stranny's knee went. They were like, oh, shit, you're next. Nine, 18, 19-year-old, in you go. Um, no, Stranny, was, he was great for me. A bit of drama. A bit of drama with the super sports stuff, eh? Yeah. Yeah. So, there we go. Didn't go too well for Ireland and Australia over the weekend either. Um, they went down 18-9 to the Aussies. James Ryan, uh, his uh, winning streak's finally over. Finally. Breaking news. Do you guys watch that game? You caught up with that no, at I all? watched a bit of the highlights. I didn't watch them all. I watched the big one at the weekend, the Scotland-Canada, mate. No, you no, didn't. I, I no, did. I did. You stay up till two in the morning? No, I watched the highlights. After. Oh, okay. Well, not the highlights. I watched the, the proper show. But, uh, mate, Australia-Ireland. Mate, big win for Australia. Well, it was, but it's interesting selection. Pocock, mate. He's the one. Uh, Pocock's he's a, a mate. Unbelievable. But, they put the shags out. Well, no, they didn't put the shags out. Sexton's on the bench. Well, they put the shags out then. Well, no, in that position. Well, Carberry's a, a decent player. He's not played 10 very much at all this year. Yeah, they want to see him though, don't they? It's inter- interesting, especially in the first test of a three-test series. And I wouldn't say Carberry, it wasn't, they didn't lose the game because Carberry played 10, but just that, you know when you have that player of Sexton's quality that brings an extra 5%, 10% out of some players around them just by having them on the pitch? And that may have been the difference between winning and losing. And, you know, Australia were very good. There was, it's good to see them back in a way with the likes of Pocock, who's taken a sabbatical. Mate, he's a difference. At, he's unbelievable. Mate, he's a difference in that, in that team. You know, they're marrying up good. His, his political views against Israel Falaus, and they're still on the same team. Mate, so so it's great. That's what happens, mate. You don't love everyone. You no. don't all believe in the same thing. No. Falau was epic in the air as well. Oh, he's he the best does, in the world mate. at that, completely yeah. new. Um, do you think Ireland will be able to level it up this weekend? Yes. You're saying yes? Yeah, I do, yeah. I mean, they were close anyway. I mean, I know they didn't... I'm saying no. You're saying no? Yeah. Yeah, well, they didn't score a try, did they? That was that was the only thing. Yeah. I think in Australia were, were very, very good. But you look, um, you look at that Australia team, Bernard Foley's playing well, and he, he's a bit of a barometer for no, them. I'm not a big fan of yeah, him. I know, but this is the thing. So when he's bad, he's bad. But when he's you know when he's mm. on song, the whole Australian team ticks, and he's got Curtly Bill with him at 12, um, Karevi at 13, Karevi's he's dangerous. Class. Quality players, you've got Flower at full. Mate, back. look at the 12 and 13 of Australia compared to... What Eng- and then we're going back to England, but anyway, in terms of the size, the sheer size of them, yeah. So, so that's you know, Australia have got a lot of good things going for them. Yeah, they've got some power on their scrum now as well. They're a decent team. You yes. know, they'll, they'll be a threat. Mate, Scot- Scotland put fifty on them in the autumn. We're going to chat about Scotland or what? Oh, Man, a big game mate. over in Canada. Third world country, wasn't it? Big. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> <Did> you- <laughs> the refereeing in that game was absolute. Was an absolute joke. It was shocking. What in the Canada Scotland game? It was shocking. Mate. Refereeing is. Mate, Generally, it's been given no, a bit of a hammer. Seriously, days, shocking, mate. Anyway, mate, Scotland look good. 48 10. Mate, there were games that Scotland would have lost. Rudyard, Rudyard Jackson playing at 10. Mate, yeah. Go all right. I love a tash. Mate, it was all right. Yeah, he was good. Uh, they've got an awesome player, Blair Kinghorn. Heard of him? I have actually. Mate, yeah, six foot four. Plays on the wing centre. He's class, mate. What are you? Really now? good. Dildo Dave played well. Did he? Got man he of the hasn't match. scored yet, has he? Or is that? I don't know, mate. Hell of a lid. Long lid. Uh, mate, impressed with Scotland. Yeah. Dan McFarlane's done an unbelievable job with that forward pack. He's off, though, isn't he? He's off. He's off ski to Ulster. Yeah. And then they're talking about, who is it? What's his name? Wilson. Wilson. Danny Wilson. I thought he was off to Wasps. He signed a contract. He's Um But Wasps, I think, are doing. Doing the deal. Doing the honourable thing of saying, you know, he's got an opportunity to coach international rugby. Yeah. What did you guys make of the refereeing in the All Blacks France game? Oh, God. Oh. Well, let's be honest. The referee. Nice bloke. Englishman. Yeah. Inconsistent is what I'm going to say. Yeah. Well, that's the. That's, well, why are you being all political? Because I, no. I like him. Yeah, I like him too, but mate. Do you know his name? Piercy. <laughs> Piercy. Do you not think he was, he was all right up until that moment where he did the yellow card blunder? Uh, yeah, he was. I, he I was. thought I thought he looked nervous. I thought when the camera pinged in on him, he always that, that's the way he always is. Oh, I don't know. I don't, genuinely, as soon as the game started, I looked. I thought he looks a bit nervous. Yeah, his first tier one test. But I, we used to call him Tom Daly. That's what? his nickname because he looks like Tom Daly. I get it. And he hates that. So he's a nervous guy. But it was a big step for him. And and I thought he refed it really well up until the yellow card decision. Mate, well, the big decisions. That's the difference, isn't mm-hmm. it? Unfortunately. That's where you... Like, mate, he's a great ref. Yeah. Like, ref well week in, week out. He's well liked by the players. But it's a big, big test. And it was a big test. And there were some big decisions in that game. And I'm sure we'll get on to it. And, mate, it's not... I, I think being a ref is an impossible task in it's rugby. Tough. It's tough. Mate, there's, you, so, there's so much going on. You can debate every break, though. There's so much mate, interpretation. It, yeah, mate, exactly. There's just so much... You know, the scrums... It, it's, it is an impossible task. Yeah. But for me... 
the non-negotiables of the referees now at this level. We had Wayne Barnes on there. It's got to be around the tackle. It's got to be around that consistency around there. Yeah. There's other grey areas about the rook and you know hands on the floor and stuff when you're going for ball scrummaging stuff that's going to get interpretation and it's going to get missed. I just don't think there can be a grey area. That's the thing with with Gabriel Ag's yellow card seatbelt tackle. Sam Kane's done exactly the same thing. Yeah, and nothing's happened. And I actually think Sam Kane's was potentially a little bit worse in terms of the, the jaw. Yeah, the frosty yeah. of it. Yeah, I didn't think Gabriel's was bad at all. No, letter of the law. Gabriel Ag's one was a. It, it's a penalty. Is it a yellow card? I don't definitely think it is. not a yellow card. No, because yeah, it, it was done speed. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think he should have looked at it. Yeah. Um, so that wasn't a yellow card, but then if you have given that as a yellow card, how you've not then yellow carded Sam Kane? I feel I feel a bit for Tunga Fassi because he's Why? if you watch his actual technique in the tackle, he dips low to hit midrift. Yeah, it doesn't matter though, man. Press release from uh, World Rugby. Yeah, well, I read, read, that, yeah so, read, read it out because so, this is this is quite so the important. Bit where they actually me. talk about the actual movement. So, in considering the mechanics of the incident. The siding commissioner determined that there were mitigating factors which prevented the conduct from reaching the red card level, in his opinion. These included Remy Grosso's body position lowering as he went into contact with Sam Kane, who affected the tackle initially, uh, immediately before Offa Tuanga Fassi joined the dynamic tackle situation. Yeah, so, and, and that's the thing. That's the point there. Um, and you go back to a couple of years ago, Saracens played against Exeter. Yeah, Jeff Parlin. Baz Barrington got sent off. Nothing happened on the field at the time to Brad Barrett. And it's exactly the same scenario. And then he Brad got a three-week ban. He got, I think Brad got a three-week oh, ban. He? But Barrington got let off yeah. with nothing. Um, and that's the key thing. Tunga Fassi has gone in to make a tackle. And because of Sam Kane hitting him with a swinging arm around the seatbelt area and Remy Grosso's body shape has changed off the back of that and he's dipped... There's nothing Tunga Fassi can do. If he's aiming to hit him up top with a swinging arm shoulder, then that's different. But he's not. He's, if you look at Tunga Fassi's technique of a tackle, I think he's pretty spot on. But circumstantially, uh, it's changed because of other impacts. So, I think I think it's a red card. I don't think but, I don't but, think Tunga Fassi is. I, I, I think, don't think. I don't, and is it his fault? It's a red card. In my opinion, it's, it's not. A rugby, so, so for me, it's a rugby incident with Tunga Fassi, but. Sam Keynes is a yellow, but at he's, least. But he's caught him in the head with his yeah. shoulder. But that's so, the, the mitigating circumstances because of what Sam Keynes done, which is exactly what Brad Barrett and, and uh, Richard Barrington had. Yeah. So the decision should have been Sam Kane either yellow or red, depends where he clips him. Uh, which has caused it, which has caused, which him, has caused, to, caused him to fall so up So you there. can't then, Tunga Fassi, send him off. I, I just can't, I, what I can't get my head around, and this is where we had Wayne Barnes, and I wish in hindsight now that I would have went a bit further into the seatbelt tackle, is you're being so strict on that, which I don't think there's anything dangerous in it whatsoever. But I've never seen anyone get hurt by that tackle that Gabriella's did and and the seatbelt tackle. Gabriella? Gabriella? Yeah, that'll Gabriella. do. But you have, though, because Sam Kane did it, and it's led to, he's because coming, he's done he, that, he's coming, more, he's, he's, he's coming more with a swinging arm. But they're, what they're trying to do is out the I, whole I think thing. I think they're so strict on that. Yeah. And I've always said that the issue you've got around these concussions and these big hits is when people are going low or lower and they're coming from low to high and they're trying to absolutely melt people. Yeah. And I'm not saying that th- what he's done is a red card because I think it's a red card. I'm looking at the, the way that the game is now. The fact if you're giving a yellow card to the French guy for a seatbelt tackle, then that's a straight red for someone. Do you think France will come back from this? Do you think they'll be stronger in the second game? Or do you think the All Blacks are going to improve as they do usually in a three-match series and blow them off the park again? That's so arrogant there. No, I, th- I think New Zealand win it 3-0. I can't. I think the French have got to win in them. I think they've got to... No, they no chance. No chance. They're nowhere near it. Like that, they threw the kitchen sink at it at the weekend, didn't they? The first half, and they looked good. New Zealand didn't turn it on. They, New Zealand authority actually, well, I think the coaches have said they don't start, start championships that well. But look at that team as well like it's it's missing some of their superstar players and they just when they want to turn it on they just look unstoppable mate they're just a different level of ruggers well Lau Marpi what about when he just ran through people uh, mate what a fit he was and like, just stood there he was beating the his chest <laughs> I was like yeah well, you, were, with him. you were a Kiwi then weren't you mate, I, I love shit like that <laughs> mate, I love seeing fellow power athletes just fucking <laughs> doing their shit <laughs> Should we predict the other two games as well, just quickly, uh, what's going to happen in South Africa? Well, I think Scotland are going to beat the US, isn't it? Are you, <laughs> <laughs> they, play, they actually play in the US this week. No one cares. No one cares. I think England just win it. Really? Yeah. I think they're going to get smoked. I think England are going to win. 
Yes, Jim. Jim's English. Jim is English. I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm just there. I'm on the fence. I'm looking left. I'm looking right. I'm looking down. Looking up. And I, I think England were a bit unlucky not to win the game. I just think England made them a good team and they do a win. If they, and if they don't, it's a fucking catastrophe, mate. <laughs> Why are you laughing about that, Jim? You're a horrible <laughs> man. Horrible man. I don't know, because I am, I'm, mate, I'm a quarter English. Maybe it's just Eddie, the Eddie Jones thing. I just don't know. I think he's don't riled, like Eddie, Eddie Jones is riling people. Mate, yeah, um, he, mate, he's pissing me off. I don't know why. I don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what happens in Australia? I think Australia go 2 0 up. No chance. You reckon Ireland Yeah, win? I think Ireland will win. Yeah. I don't, I don't think shave your head if, if Australia win. Shave my head. Bloody hell. Shave your beard. Yeah, we've got to shave, shave your head. Your anyway. Are you ever going to actually shave your head or not? Or what are you doing? He, he's What's not a man of his He's obviously yeah, not a man of his word. I am a man of a word, mate. The poor kids ain't going on holiday this year because I paid Ambo a grand. He's sending your missus, though, right? Yeah, she's going instead. Um, yeah, Ireland. Should we go to the good, the bad, and the ugly? No. Let's find no. out what's been good, what's been bad, and what's been ugly in rugby over the last weekend. Yeah, plenty of good. Um, we'll start with France, shall we? Not the senior team, but the under-20s. Uh, they beat the Baby Blacks for the first time at under-20 level, and they're through to their first ever World Under-20 Championship final. I think it's... I watched a bit of the game, and they said, I don't think any French team at any level has beaten the All Blacks since 2008 or 2009, so nearly 10 years. That was monumental last night. The All Blacks... Baby butt blacks, or as they're called, get it? Didn't score a point until the seventieth minute. Wow! And that ain't all blacks rugby, is it? No. So your production line isn't as good as France's or England's because England beat South Africa. Oh, mate, I think, right, I think um, leave the England mate. Seventy-five percent of that team can play next year, so they brought a young team over. It doesn't matter. You lost to France. You're not in the World Cup. <laughs> mate, I'll, I'll, You're I'll, not in the under 20s World Cup final. England are, France are, and I think France will win. Have you seen the size of that French pack? Seventeen-year-old at number eight called. Jordan Joseph. 17, he is the size of a house. Mate, the, the level of this under-20s from when I played in the old Pisporian days is ridic- <laughs> yeah. it's ridiculous. I, I cannot get over how good the rugby is. Yeah, some of the, those French forwards were absolutely monstrous. Other things that are good, obviously off the back of that French victory, uh, Trevor Brennan's son was on the bench for the French team. Yeah. Remember Trevor Brennan, the big Irish lock that played at Toulouse, scrapping yeah, yeah. in the stands and all that stuff? Yeah. Uh, his son was on the bench for uh, France in the 20s last night. Comes on, does an interview in... Top of the morning to you! <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's absolutely bloody amazing. That's swear, a great accent. Swearing his That's way nice. through, um, which is brilliant, I thought. A bit of passion coming out there. It's great. Um, great to see an Irish voice in a French shirt. Never seen that before. Yeah, he's bilingual as well. By what? Bilingual. Bilingual. Jim, when are we going to teach you... <laughs> How stupid could you be? Um, we'll stay in France, actually, but yeah. we'll go to England in France in the sevens. Ollie Lindsay Haig, do you see his techers at the weekend? A little offload is about five centimetres off the deck. Oh, Scoops yeah. up with his foot on social. Uh, without breaking stride. Brilliant play in the semi-final win in Paris. Yeah, that's a flick. Um, yeah. Flicked up the loose ball to himself with his right foot and sprinted under the post. Pretty good skill. Um, but sevens, another good thing. All about South Africa. The Blitzbocker. Beat England in the final of the Paris Sevens to win the series overall for the second year running. Uh, that was pretty good. Another good thing: three Barrett brothers on the pitch for the All Blacks at the same time. They were all involved for the leader for that try as well. They were. They all started. Imagine that. I mean, yeah. I saw some things on social media about just trying to get some of their DNA or the old fellas' DNA or something. Yeah. To produce some more. Trojan, mate. Yeah. Absolute Trojan. It hung like an absolute <laughs> Could you imagine? Mr. Barrett, can we have a little look, please? Yeah, we, yeah, are, so t- we are taking some of your semen, we are putting it in a <laughs> test tube, and... We are producing a whole team of exactly, all Exactly, yes. I was going to say, if General Lomu had a, a sister, I don't know whether you could combine the two. Sonny Bill Williams has got a sister. She there plays sevens for New Zealand. Sonny Bill so. and Barrett. Sonny Bill Barrett. Could Sonny, you imagine? Bill Barrett. imagine the skill levels? Could you imagine? Imagine the skill levels. Oh. Um, yes, that was pretty good. I wonder um, what would happen if you combined Hamilton and Good. It'd be a complete fucking shit show. That's it would be. It, it would be. be they could scrap and kick goals, but that'd be about it. <laughs> what more do you need? Yeah, there we go. Um, but then there's only really, for me, one place to go for the Good this week. Scotland. It is not Scotland, Jim. It is South Africa. Uh, and two things really. Faf de Klerk. Uh, his man of the match performance. The Premiership is that good, that strong a tournament that we are doing ourselves in the eye by producing the quality players like Villy Leroux and Faf de Klerk. Pretty special as his uh, man of the match performance. But the great thing this weekend, and it's not just good, it's great. Uh, Sia Colisi leading his team out as the first black Springbok test captain um, and to get the brilliant victory that they got as well, fully deserved. So the good this week goes to uh, the South African rugby team. Nice. Um, the bad... France, let's stick with France actually, shall we? Yeah, okay. Uh, conceded 44 unanswered points in the second half. 
when the French throw the towel in, they really chuck it in, don't they? they? When they want to go home, they want to go <laughs> home. Um, and I know, you know, obviously some things went against them with the yellow card, et cetera, et cetera. And, but just a limp around the field like that, waving the white flag, just was typically French for me. Mate, they ain't in a good place. French, no. French ruggers ain't. No. But the bad this week, I'm going to go to England. I'm going to give it to England and their decision not to prepare at altitude for this series. I think that's a big factor. Mate, you're a turncoat. Mate, I'm, a turncoat. I'm, all for, I'm supporting England all the way. I'm supporting them, but I think they've got it wrong there. So the bad, for me, two things. One, you're 24-3 up and you lose a test match. Yeah. But two, the reason for that is because of the altitude. Because of George Ford. For me, because of the altitude. Okay, altitude. Uh, so the bad this week goes for England's preparation. Okay. I just don't think it was right. Yeah, your preparation's normally great, isn't Mate, it? bacon sandwich, pre-match meal, red, red sauce, brown sauce. <laughs> Boom. Some sweets. Chocolate bar on the way to the game. Latte as well. And a can of Coke. Just a can of Coke. Just some going out after the warm-up can of Coke. Here we go. Get the sugars in. It worked. And then the ugly. Uh, obviously, the whole fallout with the tackle that was Sam Kane and Tunga Fassi on Remy Grosso. Remy Grosso sustained a double face fracture and wasn't given clearance to fly until Wednesday. A uh, load of con- controversy over the application of the laws and what action should be taken against Sam Kane or offer Tunga Fassi. It spilled out into the media. There's people saying it's a shambles. There's people disagreeing all over the place. World Rugby have put a statement out, which I actually agree with, but the whole process, the whole situation, pretty ugly. So the ugly this week goes to that tackle. There we go. Thanks, Scooty. And we've got a couple of quick shout-outs to end on. Well done to Ipswich YM Colts, uh, who have just got back from Holland, where they were playing the Dutch hookers what? at Beach the Rugby. They're yeah. playing the, the Dutch hookers? Yeah. yeah. Let's not talk about that. And a big congrats to Finchley RFC, who were representing England at the Amateur Six Nations Tournament in France at the weekend and won the Grand Slam. Go on, Finchley. Yeah, apparently uh, they've got a guy playing for them who can fit 27 pound coins in his foreskin. Um, So you'd be interested in him, Jim. Is that the new pound coin or the old pound coin? Because the new ones are slightly bigger. Yeah. Yeah, I might have a go at that. You've got a long foreskin. I've got a long foreskin. Don't forget to subscribe, follow us on Twitter, and review us on iTunes. We'll be back in a couple of weeks to round up all the action from the second and third tests. Rugby pod. Pod, pod, pod. pod.